Today we find out that online passes can expire. EA wants to expand the Dead Space franchise, and EB Games in Canada abolishes the used game section, but not in the way you think. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. Senior editor and underwear model Rob Hill Williams. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now look back to me. Look at your man. Back to me. Is your man me? Unfortunately, not. But he could be like me if he was on the Mash cast. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Something to aspire to. Yes. <laughs> and also here with us is senior editor and king of the dance floor, Nick Santangelo. That's right. The Orcs Must Die victory dance was based off of my moves. <laughs> yes. And yes, this is MASHcast number 30. Getting getting up there in age, getting ready to hit that midlife crisis, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, Rob, what you been playing? Um, Uncharted 3. Started that last night. Played for a few hours. It was a, it's a good time. Um, I haven't had the same issues with gun control that I've heard about but there was also a patch that I had to download last night so I don't I don't know what that patch actually fixed because I didn't have a chance to go look. That patch uh, should have given you a new option in terms of gun control that you can toggle on and off. I don't know what the option actually is but it's, it's that's what that patch is supposed to do, give you a new option that, that toggle on off option to change how the gun control works. Huh. Interesting. It, they said the new option was supposed to be pretty much Uncharted 2. I didn't even see new options, so I guess I'm just playing with Uncharted 3 gunplay, and I don't know, I'm not, not really having a problem, but anyway. Um, also played Assassin's Creed Revelations. Meh. I see the same problems that you see with it. <laughs> In a very Meh. short order. And once sit down, I was like, I'm going to play this because I enjoy how Assassin's Creed plays, but I'm not going to play this because I'm interested in the story, which has been really counter to everything since Assassin's Creed 2. So not really happy about that hopefully they lay off but they're not going to so i don't know why i'm asking um played might and magic clash of heroes it's the puzzle game version of might and magic that they released uh i guess over the summer i want to say um it was featured at pax had a chance to mess around with it a little bit but didn't really like i was like yeah okay game and now i'm playing it and i'm like oh my god puzzle game i love you (laughs) it's a good time uh dcu which is great if you're not playing it play it because it's free and there's no reason not to and you'll probably fall in love with it just like half the staff has (laughs) and then orcs must die which is awesome so yay steam sales yeah (laughs) yay 
What about you, Nick? What you been playing? Uh, I was mostly playing Zelda, banging that out to get the review done. The game is freaking enormous. Uh, everybody remembers when Miyamoto came out like months ago and said it was between 50 and 100 hours, and a lot of us were like, yeah, okay, whatever. You guys say stuff. Then it doesn't actually happen. The game is really like over 50 hours for most people. If you do absolutely nothing but blow through it, you'll probably get through it quicker, but it, it took me over 50 hours, and I still have all kinds of side quests to do. Part of that is because it starts off like really slow. I honestly wasn't feeling the game that much in the early going, but once it picks up, it gets really, really good. Um, when I was first playing it, mostly all I was thinking about was getting back to Skyrim, to be honest, which is the other game I was playing this week because I finally got through Zelda, and I got back to Skyrim. And it's still a lot of fun, but I'm not as into Skyrim as I was before because, yeah, Zelda was just that good. My full review is up. You guys can go ahead and read that on the site. That's pretty much all I had time for this week. What about you, Jared? Um, a couple things. I uh, I picked up uh, one of these, well, the uh, Indie Royale bundles, only for Really Big Sky. Because the thing is, um, I had all the other games in that bundle, but Really Big Sky I did not have, and I could get it on Steam if I got it with the bundle. So I got Really Big Sky. It's a uh, uh, what I call it a twin stick shooter. Yeah, you can, it's a twin stick shooter, side scrolling twin stick shooter. And it has like a, some really cool like, aspects to it. Like you can tunnel through planets and stuff like that. But the thing that got me the most, like while I was playing it, there are these certain points where you go really fast, and like the screens are already hit multicolored and you're going through multicolored nebulas and star systems and stuff like that. And it got so intense that like my eyes watered to the point that I couldn't play it. Like I couldn't see <laughs> anymore. And that was just That's pretty awesome. serious. <laughs> yeah, I could like my eyes watered so much, you know. And I've been playing, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. That's the first time this has happened to me. That that, that the visuals got that intense that I cried. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> glorious, glorious visuals. <laughs> Don't let them stop. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, I've been playing that. And that was pretty cool. Um, I played. I was. I was. I'm almost done with Uncharted two. I have. I think like four more chapters left, and I inched my way through a chapter, and then I started. You know, playing DCU with Rob and Katie, and that was that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been pretty. Uh, been pretty bad in terms of how much time we spent on DCU last weekend alone. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so easy to just. Oh God. <laughs> just yeah. Play. Yeah, and actually, we're playing on a PvP server, and uh, Rob, you weren't you you really weren't that interested in PvP until we started playing it, right? In, in pretty much any game, like any MMO, I'm I'm really I really don't care about PvP, but in DCU, it just really really works. Like, it's almost in a sense like how in WoW, if like Horde invades, you know, an alliance area or vice versa, that like. It's just kind of like a full-scale war, and sometimes it's just people getting groups together just to go and do such. Um, it's like that in DCU, but like perpetually, because like you're in one city and like you're kind of split up in certain ways, but like there's so much crossover where you've got like villains and heroes flying around the city. Like it very much is like a comic book. So like if there's like you cross a villain, you could get it. You can just you know drop the gloves and just fight. Like there's no there's no barrier to you like just getting it on with each other and like it it happens all over the place you'll have groups of heroes like you know 
swoop in and take out a bunch of villains and vice versa. The only problem I've noticed is that I guess maybe with either just people get bored or they like griefing, but like level 30s hanging out in low level areas and level 30s the cap right now. But otherwise, like PvP actually really works really well for it and I can't even imagine going back to PvE now. And that's weird for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And even like rolling through groups with like you know with groups of heroes, we're kind of villainish because you know, hey, uh, right now I'm level like 18. If I see a level seven, he's gonna die. <laughs> that's just that's just what's gonna happen. You see, know, I'm a, little, I'm a little merciful. Like I I won't I won't go out of my way. Like oh, there's like a guy over here, and I'm helping somebody else with a quest. Like I'm not gonna like just attack him. I will heal the my, the hero I'm with if they don't attack him. But I tend not to just like go after him. But I've had so many times where a hero didn't like a villain didn't check my level before they tried to gank me into a fight and then they gank me and realize what a huge mistake they made to try and run away and then I'm like nope no escape that's that's a good time yeah i've got a little bit more morality than than jay Jared does. i remember what they did to me no <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I've been playing DCU. Well, me and Rob, Katie, I think Jason Worsitz also has gotten. So it is yeah, John, he rolled John a character. Has. John, yeah, yeah. yeah so we've been playing. Screw all will join us. <laughs> so yeah, so we've been playing DCU. Um, I'm, I'm playing Infamous Two again as Evil, and it is the experience is different enough for me to like fully enjoy it over again. It's pretty awesome. Um, and then I'm, I'm playing Gears of War Three. I got I got gears for thirty bucks a couple weeks ago, and I still I don't even I, I really don't feel like it was worth the money. I really don't. Like I'm, I'm very disappointed. Like I I really didn't think it was gonna be worse than gears two. Um, and I think I don't even think gears two was like that bad. I just thought it was all right, but to me gears three is worse than gears two. And I I will tell you that I don't play gears multiplayer. I just I just don't enjoy it. I'm talking about the single player aspect, like. And then the, the thing that makes it worse for Gears 3 for me is the fact that it really is longer this time. Like, Gears is longer. Like, they weren't joking around. Like, it's not a five-hour game anymore. So, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. And I'll, I'll eventually punch my way through it, but I kind of have to force my way. I force myself to do it. But, yep, that's that's what uh, we've been playing. So, let's uh, let's get into the news. Uh, let's start with some good news for a change. Some good Nintendo news for a change. Um, I think, uh, what was it, December 1st? So that was Wednesday? Sorry, that was Tuesday. Oh, God, that was Thursday. Jesus, sorry. Time, time, oh, God. time. <laughs> Weekdays. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a quantum leap here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, on Thursday, uh, Reggie says that 3DS sales have exceeded the first year's DS sales. And he's not even talking about like you know within the first year he within the first eight months they've surpassed what the DS did in twelve months. Um, in twelve months the DS sold two point three seven million uh, units, and over this past Black Friday weekend, um, well now well at, at, when you get this it won't be the past Black Friday weekend but you know last week Thanksgiving weekend is when uh, the 3DS sales uh, you know. They surpassed that, and it ha- it's really due. Like, like uh, you can Mario once again saves the day, you know. Pretty like, much, yeah. Mario saves the day. Like he, they say, like five hundred thousand units like, over the weekend. Yeah, I think that was right. Yeah, over five hundred thousand. Right. Yeah, like yeah. that just shows us you can't count Nintendo out. 
you know, like analysts, like just sit down, like how can this be bad? You know what I'm saying? How could you look at this poorly? Like, yes, technically speaking, you know, you could look at the aspect, well, the 3DS is more expensive, especially when it first came out. But I don't think, you know, not analysts and, you know, investors care about unit movement. They care about how much money it's making. So if it's making more money, you know, like, I think that's good, right? <laughs> it can't, it so. can't be bad. I mean, <laughs> as long as Nintendo continues the course of what they did with the DS, which is basically make it a better system as time goes on, they need more software support, though. And But they're, they're getting there, I guess. But then they can continue seeing that kind of success. I mean, there's, I don't see any reason why it can't eclipse the DS totally, you know, for its lifespan, um, depending on how long it is out. But also, like, it does, it, it, their work's not done, but at least it's good news. Um, the thing I really see out of this, though, is that this is why Nintendo and, and Sony, and you, when you hear all the analysts and everybody who are like, oh, these experts that are like, oh, they would make so much more money if they'd sell this stuff on Android and iOS. You're full of shit. Yeah. Because this is why they this is why they won't, and this is why they can't. Why would you give that trump card to like your I guess in a way competitor? Like basically based on the strength of Mario, like they moved a stupid, stupid amount of units over a weekend. Like just based on Mario. Like yeah. that's how much power their first party stuff has. That's why you won't that's why you won't see like the, the you know the the big three give away their, you know, basically go Sega's route and start giving away their properties to, to other people just for royalties on a game. They won't do it. You can move entire systems with it. <laughs> yeah, so. people often overlook with Sega that there were several unsuccessful uh, console releases and, like, at really add-ons and all that. Sega was in a downward spiral. It, like, there's been a report this week that Nintendo and Sony should, you know... Focus on uh, iOS development. I it's saw that like, shit. Report yeah. every weekend. That, that was that. just that's exactly what I was going to say, Rob. <laughs> that comes out constantly, and people have been saying for years, "Oh, Nintendo's going to get out of the hardware thing after this generation. They're going to get out. They're just going to be software." People have been saying that since the N64. It's not going to happen. It really isn't. Yeah. Nintendo isn't going to do that. They, they will run themselves into the ground trying to make you know shit successful before they do that. They just they have no desire to do that. And, and when Sega's, you see numbers like this, why would you? Yeah, yeah. And Sega's proven how bad an idea that really is. I mean, Sega yeah. did it because they had to, and they exactly. really haven't done that well from it. They yeah, really exactly. haven't. And the thing about Nintendo is that, like, part of their experience, the reason why their first-party titles are so incredible, um, is that they they control the complete experience. You know, so they control the complete experience. Like they have, they make the hardware, which means they can optimize the software and focus on making great games. And I mean, that's why. Oh, does that sound like another company to you? Oh yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, you know, that's why their their product is so, in terms of gaming, is so incredible. That's why there's never been a bad Mario game. I think the the day that there is a Mario game, like the day that there's a bad Mario game is when you should start worrying about Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, so there's no there's been no bad Mario game. I can't even think of a none bad... None of the main series. Yeah, none of, that main, yeah, none, yeah. none of the main platformers have ever been anything but great. Yeah. And even like even like some of the other, you know, their other for you know, first party, you know, franchises like Zelda, Donkey Kong, I can't remember a 
bad one. Like, yeah, Donkey Kong 64 wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't bad either. You know, It was enjoyable, though, was enjoyable. You know, as far as it goes. I mean, the only really bad game, and I mean, it didn't really do badly. And I think it's just a case of what it was dealing with. But much Metroid, like, that's the first bad, like, for, and it wasn't even first party, actually. Yeah, it was like, first bad Nintendo game in ages but that's why it was such a big deal that's why it was such Mm -hmm. a big deal because it was a it was a you know main nintendo franchise that wasn't incredible (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. so i mean like and that doesn't even count so (laughs) we've seen that before too with like namco making Star Fox, and it's kind of like yeah and still they weren't they weren't terrible games they just weren't of the nintendo standards but clearly mario has been and like i'm with rob i don't know that the, the 3ds has necessarily turned a corner but there's no reason to believe that if they don't get more software, like he said, that they can't start to take off. Clearly, these bundle packs are doing really well, which, I mean, one of them is just a friggin' red 3DS. The other one's at least an original Zelda one. But, uh, yeah, Mario 3DS doing well. Yeah, so the Nintendo just handed those analysts a big cup of, you know, GTFO, you know, or STFU. Maybe both combined. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, but moving on from that, um, Sony is actually going to take a bit out of, uh, you know, Nintendo's book here. Looks like there's a, oh, it's rumored, sorry, don't mean not, you know, state, you know, rumor is fact. It's rumored that there is a Smash Brothers style game coming for the PS3, um, possibly called Title Fight. And it includes Sony heroes such as Nathan Drake, Parappa the Rapper, Kratos and Sweet Tooth, and it's rumored to be developed by Superbot Entertainment. Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just I don't know what to think. <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, okay. I mean, there's certain reasons why Smash Brothers worked. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Nintendo's characters are colorful. They're you know they can be comical. They're not taken too seriously. So that's why certain things. Uh, even small stuff helped, you know, with the you know enjoyability of the game. I mean, the game they make the game more enjoyable. Like you know, when you hit somebody so hard, they fly into the air and then like hit the front of your screen, or like you know, get tossed off into the background. Like you know, I do that to Kratos. It's not so funny. It's kind of like uh, you know, because he takes himself very seriously. You know, at least that's the way it's built. Like I just don't know. Like it, it depends on how. Like it really, very much depends on like how they put it across. Like if you almost do like a not Lego style and like visuals, I mean, but like Lego style as far as how like they take everything tongue in cheek, like and and you do that because like you can take some very serious stuff and make it fun. Like you can and like that style of like a you know a way you approach the game, it could work, but. Like, based off of, you know, all of one, you know, visual uh, piece, which was, like, Sweet Tooth, yeah. I'm like, it looks very, I don't know, like, close to, like, a realistic style, so I'm like, I don't necessarily see that, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, like, you know, with Lego Star Wars, let's per se, or Lego Batman, it works because it's Legos, you know what I'm saying? But if they were to actually do that with Arkham City... <laughs> with those visuals, like it's like, uh, it's right. It, it looks kind of it stupid. How you do the visuals and stuff too. Like Smash Brothers works because I mean, you can even take somebody like you know Samus and like put her into the game and make her not quite as you know. You can make even like something that's tend tends to be a little more serious and make it not so serious. Like p- visuals have a lot to do with that. And I'm like, if they're going too far in the direction of like, man, look at how look at how visually awesome this is, 
kind of it, it's kind of hard to do that anymore because if you have got Kratos running around and he looks like Kratos, I I, I I'm like, why would it, I won't, I don't want to see him mess with Sackboy? He's going to rip him into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> weird matchup. Sony does have a group a group of characters they can do this with, like you know, like the Sly Cooper, um, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet yeah. and Clank. You know, so that yeah, won't work. Nation guys, Little Big Planet. Like, there's there are a bunch of things that you could do with it, and I'm and like I I think that the game could work, but I just. I'd have to see more. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to cast judgment over like, oh, Sony's stealing it. They're gonna mess up the brawler style. Blah 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 blah. I'm not want to yeah. do that. But the gameplay itself is not all that hard to mess up. But I mean, like, it really also that is part of it too. You know, too much of people are just like, eh, Smash Brothers ripoff. Although I, it could still work because you know how many people keep a Wii around just for Smash Brothers. I mean, I know I did for a while, but right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not it still hasn't gotten me to turn the Wii on um you know like also like guys don't put it out at $60 let's don't do that how about 40 you know put it around a move type price like a move game price like yeah. let's not let's not try and be greedy <laughs> about something that you, that people are really going to be unsure about yeah I just hope they have some really new ideas for this um I was telling Jared before the podcast like I feel like what else could you really do with the, hey, all our mascots are beating the crap out of each other in this goofy thing? Obviously, completely new set of characters, completely different developer, but I'm still like, where else can this thing really go? And we haven't seen it yet, so maybe they have something awesome that I don't know of. We'll just have to wait and see. But I'm yeah. skeptical. Yeah, I think everybody's a little skeptical. You know, and especially when I mean, me and Nick discussed it a little bit, but... um. You know, you can't just have, with a brawler. You can't just have the the standard. You lose health when you get hit, and you die type scenario. You know, that's yeah. why the Smash Brothers worked because of the percentage system and getting knocked off. Like almost no, you would have to have your percentage so high to just get ta- you know hit and then knocked off to the point where you couldn't come back. And if even if you could actually accomplish that, you were kind of good. You know. But for the most part, like doing regular gameplay, like you would get hit, you would kind of always have a chance to come back, you know. I mean, that worked because of you know the percentage system not using regular health. So uh, we'll have to see what they do. I don't want to, you know, be an analyst and cast doom, you know, on something I haven't haven't seen yet. So we'll they see. Doom casters. Yeah, I mean, the the one big thing is it, this Superbot Entertainment. This is the first game they're working on. And that scares me just a little bit. <laughs> so, I don't know. But yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, they come out of nowhere and make something amazing. We're all like, oh my freaking God, I can't wait to play this game forever. You know, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, let's, uh, let's get into some uh, news about some online passes. Uh, it's this, the, the, I guess, uh, the, the Everybody's used game Everybody's favorite war. subject. Yeah, the used game war rages on. <laughs> and uh, online passes aren't doing anything to help themselves right now. It has been discovered that online passes can actually expire. And what that means is it doesn't mean that you know you put an online pass into your game and it expires and you have to get another online pass. Uh, what it means is if uh, a new game comes out, let's say, has a code for an online pass. Now, for some reason, this copy of this new game, let's say it doesn't get doesn't get bought for six months and that's just i'm not saying it takes six months for it to expire i'm just giving that as an example let's say once you get that new copy that copy of that new game after six months with that online pass sitting in there there's a chance that when you pop it in it doesn't work because it's expired uh this has actually happened 
uh, with Need for Speed uh, Hot Pursuit. One of the uh, somebody just came out last year and is still very much up and running. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So you know, it's uh, what happened. Well, I guess he 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 must have just bought it, you know, recently, and he went to pop in the code. Uh, you know, he popped in the code and it didn't work. And then it was noted that in the fine print, uh, I guess because in the EULA, it absolves the publisher from any responsibility with warning stating that the online passes can indeed expire. Uh, I mean, that's one thing, but okay, the online passes can expire. If your online pass, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's okay, because it's not. But, um, if, you know, if your online pass expire, call this number with your pass, we'll give you a new one. The fine print absolves the publisher's responsibility. It was mean, hey, if you buy this too late and the online pass expires, sorry, you're fucked. You have to pay ten dollars by your online pass. You know, before you just paid for to get the game and you bought it new in the first place. Yeah, like you know what? And uh, on previous Mashcasts, like we've talked about, I, I'm not against online passes, or I wasn't. I am now. I am now against online passes. This is the most disturbing news that has come out yet in relation yeah. to online passes. Like that is really messed up. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's that's class action lawsuit waiting to happen. You know, like oh, I bought the game for sixty bucks and a part of it's not working. Are you serious? And I have to pay ten dollars, you know, to get it to work. Like, no, that's that's yeah, that is outrageous. Yeah, and. You know, like I said, it would be different if the publisher was like, okay, yeah, well, it expired, okay, here. <laughs> you know, here's a new yeah. pass. One of the things somebody said was like, oh, if, you know, in the comments was like, oh, if, you know, you could go to a site and just put in an old code and get a new one, it'd be one thing. But, like, they're just hanging you out to try. Like, they're, they're literally just hanging you out to try. Like, I'm sure, like, if somebody contacts their customer service, makes enough, no- enough noise, like, they'll fix it. But it shouldn't be a problem in the first place. Like, if this is something you're going to do, if this is something you're going to force people to do, not the way you go about it. I mean, really. Like, I've been on the fence. Like, I understand, like, the, I guess maybe not the need, but, like, why they do it. And since, you know, and I get the, you know, if you buy new games, you're sporting it. So it's like, it doesn't even matter to me as an issue, but, like, now it does. <laughs> or now it can. Right, right. You know, like, and the guy that uh, got it originally, he got it new off of Amazon, got it. It had greatest hits packaging. So. It wasn't even like it was like, oh, here's a first run, and put in the code and it didn't work. So I'm like, that's kind of not, I mean, like it is disturbing, I guess, in a certain sense. But I mean, like it really, this does swing the pendulum like the other way. It's like, what's what's really the need of online passes? I'm like, you know, how much is it helping? What's it doing? Like aside from just giving you some extra money from people who get used games, like... I don't think it really even prevents people from getting used games. I think it's just that, like, oh, here's a way for us to get some extra money from it off the back end. But you're screwing new customers now, too, which goes to show DRM, never good, because that's what online passes are, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, what's the point? What's the point of having to expire? Like, I'm, you can't tell me, oh, we need to recycle the codes. No, you don't. Like, Never. C- CD keys don't yeah. expire. Like, I mean, like, we've been doing this for a long time. For a long time. And all the online passes are, they're just CD keys. You know? Yeah, and it's funny, though, because it's like, I could take, like, I, I took, like, a freaking Pirates of the Caribbean code that I had gotten from a, a Sony rep, like, ages ago, for a little big planet, and put it in, like... I don't know, like a year and a half later and it still worked? Like, why is it that an online pass doesn't? <laughs> like, come on. Something? Yeah, there's definitely... 
there's definitely something fishy going on there. And of course, in this instance, it's it's EA. So, and that doesn't mean that everybody giving online passes may have you know they can expire. Like you know, I haven't looked at the Ubisoft EULA to see if they they say hey this expires. But they have enough problems with their with their passes working <laughs> on the first day. So like, <laughs> you know, Just you, they would need more problems. Exactly with online passes. This online passing, like, I, I I was agreeing with it for a while, so because I, I understood you know combat the used games, but now. Now, if I go to buy a used EA game, I have to think: Is it worth it for me to actually just buy the used game and pick up the and pick up the online pass? You know, because like I would be, uh, I would have been super pissed. I would have came with the mash cast super angry if I would have picked up Hot Pursuit and then put in my online pass and it didn't work. And justifiably like so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you paid good money for it. You went out and even like went out of your way to go find an old ass game like that new. And then you get punished for it. Yeah. Like, that's basically what happened. And it's funny because, I mean, we're going to get into it, but, like, online passes, like, I don't think that's the solution. But we'll talk about that in a few topics from now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, moving on from, from that angry topic, well, semi-angry topic, moves me to a topic that actually upset me. And this is regarding how DEA wants to handle the Dead Space franchise. Um, now, this is all rumor, so maybe I'm getting angry for nothing, but just the thought of this is making me upset. So basically, uh, everybody knows that Dead Space 2 was, uh, it was classified as a success. You know, uh, I think it did better than they actually thought it would, because Dead Space 1 didn't do as great in it either. But uh, according to an anonymous insider, um, EA Top Brass wants to make Dead Space series bigger and better and when they say bigger and better they don't mean for the fans they mean bigger and better for i guess ea in terms of making money what they want to do is expand the franchise to other genres like they want to make a dead space fps a dead space flight game and a dead space uncharted like game (sighs) yes that's it (laughs) come on that's how i felt when i read it Oh, yeah, come on now. And uh, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, you, it's obvious that the people at EA don't uh, – that the people – not the people at EA, but, like, you know, the top brass doesn't understand what makes Dead Space Dead Space. Like, Dead Space is a survival horror game. I mean, yeah, you can kind of – like, an FPS may work because you can kind of capture that – you know, and the you know you can kind of capture that in an FPS like they did with Fear, but I think a part of the reason Dead Space was so scary is because it was third person, and you could see other things behind you, you know, moving behind you, and you know stuff like that. Like the presentation, it was the presentation. A flight game, no. Like, how do you make a scary flight game? You know, when we were joking around before the Mash Cast. Maybe that's how you do it, you know. Like uh, we were joking around about like how we'd have like really really short segments. We were like, "Herb derp, games are good." But when we were talking about Dead Space, I basically said that like you just have like you know a necromorph just jump out at you like in the plane while you're flying, and actually that would make for a really interesting flying experience <laughs> while you're you're trying to control a plane and fight off a necromorph at the same time best game ever yeah best game ever but i mean really like no there's no way that this works i mean all of the things that were mentioned you know fps flight game uncharted like game 
this is this is totally corporate. This is just the we're going to use this brand to make it so that people feel a little more easy about buying it because they know what the brand is rather than like us making new making new games, messing with new IPs because that's what all of those should be. They shouldn't be dead space because they're not dead space. Dead space is dead space. Make new IPs, but publishers are so scared of taking any risk and all this is is just a continuation of that. It's really scary shit. And Jared, you said that this is like um the brass. They're saying that this is like new upper management coming in at EA and it if this is all true, assuming it is, it sounds like you've got people coming in that really don't know what the hell they're doing here and probably don't even know or understand the franchise and just see we had this game that we spent a lot of money making and it was successful, but it wasn't Call of Duty successful. So Let's kill it is their first thing. Let's kill it off and make something else that's you know going to make more money. And then somebody says, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got an even better idea. Let's make it the games that are successful. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, didn't we just release Dead Space 2 and it just made a whole bunch more money? Let's do that. You can yeah. make that into other things. And that's, it's just them scared. They're just scared. And like, I don't know how you fix them being scared, except that you get somebody in and in charge that's not scared and says, like, no, that's not how you do stuff. I mean, that, there is no solution to this except that hoping that it fails, which unfortunately might mean something bad for Dead Space in general. But I don't think it will, because if you have Dead Space 3 come out, and then you have Dead Space SPS, Dead Space Uncharted, Dead Space, you know, Space Flight, and then like everything but Dead Space 3 fails, there's your answer. And yeah. I just hope that people don't do what publishers expect them to and go with a brand that they know just because it's got the name on it. You know, it'd be like, you know, we're going to make an Uncharted fighting game, you know, like, no, who cares? Like that's not no. Just because you put the name on it doesn't mean that like oh it's okay now. Like because it's diametrically like maybe not diametrically opposed, but like but isn't the game that it is. So stop trying to do that. <laughs> I think the flight one is the craziest one of the three too. Because the other yeah. ones at least I can see they're like oh everybody buys first person shooters. We got to make one of those. Okay, I don't like that they would do that. I think right, I would it could be related. But I, right. I see what they're doing there. I see what you did there. Um, then Uncharted, it's like, okay, people buy Uncharted. People like that. Let's make it like Uncharted, which sounds ridiculous again, but I can at least see what they're doing. Like The flight game, there's not that many successful flight games out there. I'm not saying there aren't any. So if, or not, I'm not killing flight games. I'm just saying there's not like hugely successful like Call of Duty selling flight games out there. And it doesn't right. make There's any not, sense at all. But like, how did, what do you get flight out of Dead Space? That's the one that makes the least start because it's in, it's, space. Space. it's in space. Yeah, yeah space. I know. Like, unless you try and make a Dead Space style like Rogue Squadron game, which really doesn't fucking work anyway. No. You know what? Are you more going to start piloting planes and shit now? Like, like Absolutely. how the fuck is that going to work? Like, but I mean, like I understand why because yeah, it's in space. So they're like, oh, flying game, and I'm like. Right. Like no horror elements. Like, what's the point? At least the FPS. Yeah, you could go figure out. Like you said, like there there could be something there. But like the Uncharted game, even that to a certain extent, I'm like, Uncharted's not like or a style of game like that. I mean, you've already got it in third person perspective. You know, there's already it's already kind of like adventure horror. You know, survival horror. But like to like move it even further out and make it more about platforming and stuff like that. Because really, that's that's the core of Uncharted. Like Space where's the treasures. where's the fucking fear at? Where is any you know where is any of that? 
exactly. what makes Dead Space Dead Space at. The like uh, a, a, a platforming Dead Space kind of breaks up the suspense too much. Like I don't know, like the way I feel about Dead Space, like <laughs> Dead Space is a like a pants browning experience. At some yeah, points. and it's you one of the few like, that's left, and exactly. it's like it's one of the very few that's left. Why are you going to ruin that by like making it? Putting it everywhere, basically, and making it what it's not, except yeah. for the main game. You know, now it's not going to be a scary game anymore because everybody's like, "Oh man, that Dead Space, you know, world building little big planet type game was pretty <laughs> awesome." Like, really? Yeah. If it's not a game that Even scares Dead Sims, yeah, <laughs> Dead Space puzzle game. It's like Tetris. You yeah. know, like that's not shit's not scary. Like, unless shit's just jumping at you at random at every single one of those games. Like, I don't know. Yeah, if Dead <laughs> Space, Man, I really need a long necromorph here to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the game is not, is not, if if your pants aren't brown, it's not Dead Space. I'm sorry for that last statement. Yeah. There was something incredibly dirty about that, but in such a great way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, so I guess they like you, you, you I mean, let's say they're just trying to move Dead Space away from being survival horror, which would be a terrible idea. See, my my fear is that, you know, cuz not everybody is as, as in tune with the genres and the differences um with the genres and the games as a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of us are, you know, and not just us three. I mean, like gamers, you know, real gamers in general, no, only us, no one else no. knows, but like, you know, a lot of people will look at the brand name and say, Oh, it's dead space. And then see an FPS dead space an uncharted dead space. And it kind of will ruin the series. And if that happens, then when dead space three comes out, nobody buys it because, Oh yeah, I played that crappy. Yes. You know, Dead Space right. FPS or Dead right. Space Flight Game or you know Dead Space Three. That's a flight. That's a flight game, right? You know, you know, like brand recognition goes both ways. If you start messing up the brand by weakening it with like a bunch of crappy titles, people don't care about the brand anymore, which includes the main game that what that is good will be good and made the game made the brand what it was. Like it goes both ways, and they don't see that. They just they just see like an, an opportunity for people to to latch on to something that they already know of, you know. Like, and I'm you sure, like you know, nobody in the long no. in the short yeah. run, but eventually, you know, you might be able to pump a few out there, bring it out once a year, new genres or whatnot. But eventually, it, it becomes like Jared said, like, all right, this is kind of getting old now. Oh, the main game is coming out. Whatever, played enough yeah. Dead Space. And so it's so easy to screw that up, especially if you're not. The, depending on how things are spaced out, like if you've got a bunch of Dead Space related, barely things coming out in between, like main games coming out, it's so easy to ruin that with a string of bad ones. Like no, yeah. no company goes out out of their way to make a bad game because they want to make money on it. But even if the and like the thing is, even if the games are good, they're still it's still the problem still exists. It's still not Dead Space. Like even if those games are great, um, like unless they do something really weird with like a flying game or a targeted game. Like it's, it's just not dead space. So even if they're good and you don't ruin the brand recognition, like you're still, I you still had an opportunity to do something different and you're threw it away basically. And you're still gonna be overloaded on it, no matter even if they are good. No, like that said, too. Yeah. It still just becomes like, all right, that's probably cool, but you know, I've kind of played enough of that. Yeah, I played five other Dead Space games this year. I don't have time exactly. for three. Like, I mean, really, like that's that's the thing. Like, and it, and the stupid part is if they do if they do come out and they don't fail and they you know they do better, like they do okay and they keep making more things. Like, it, they're not going to stop if those things do even average okay. 
they will keep making more things related to Dead Space until the point where you hit critical mass and then nobody cares. Terrifying thought. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks because it's a really good series, and it's a series that like did really well by just staying being what it was. Like the first game didn't do all that well that well except critically, but they stuck with it, brought out a second game, and all of a sudden you have a game that does really well. Now they're trying to monetize the crap out of it, and it's going to hurt it, I think, in the long run. Yeah, that's what happens when top brass gets hold of uh, you know your games. Like if your game's too successful, that's why I, games I like I don't want to get too successful. I want to be just successful enough. To keep making the series, right? Because you know now you have the same thing with you know you've had the same thing with Assassin's Creed. I mean, like there's an example, and that's and the stupid part is that's something that's like we're gonna stay with the main type of game, but we're just gonna put it out too much. You know, like it's the same type of idea. Could you imagine if they started putting out like you know it was bad enough when you had like oh here's Uncharted DS games or Assassin's Creed DS games and all that kind of stuff, but now like I mean really, it's <laughs> if you, you get any more, it gets it's gonna get really bad, and it's the same thing as they're trying to do to Dead Space. Like, learn from other people's mistakes. Please don't do this, EA. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna actually roll that. Well, not roll it into, but go to the next topic, which is also uh, EA related. But this one's regarding Tetris and how. Oh, well, first of all, I, I believe Tetris went away on iOS for a while. Yeah, it was replaced by this. Yeah, Basically. and so this new Tetris, uh, it was relaunched, uh, it costs 99 cents, but there's also a subscription service called T-Club, okay, um, that's that's T as like in Tetris, not T as in T and Crumpets, just you know, just to clarify. Oh, but, okay, now yeah. I understand. I was Tetramino Club. Yeah, it's Tetris, uh, it was T, you know, it's called the, uh, the T-Club, and to subscribe, $30 a year subscription. For Tetris, a game that has been around since almost the, the dawn of video games. Tetris, $30 a year subscription. But tell get... them what awesome stuff they get with it, Jared. Oh, Necromorph blocks. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Long story. Yeah. Gotta yeah. fit the long one in there. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> basically says it offers exclusive access to new mobile challenges and content. And I'm just like, I've been playing Tetris for a long time. Tetris is one of my favorite games. And I've played so many different variations of Tetris. And you know what? Even with all those those additional game modes they always put into Tetris, you always go back to Tetris. You know what I'm saying? The regular so Tetris yeah, basic game. regular Tetris <laughs> is the most fun Tetris. You know, all of the other crap they've done doesn't matter like all the multiplayer type tetrises and all the all the random shit that they've tried to do with tetris like the base game is still the good game so like and and on top of that like with all the variations of tetris that we've played over the last fucking forever what are they possibly possibly going to give you as extra content on a mobile for Tetris, or even if there was on a console, for God's sakes, like what are they going to give you that is going to equal up to a game that they're selling for a dollar? Incidentally, by the way, it's going to be a dollar now on the relaunch. What the fuck are they going to give you that's another $30 worth of content on top of that main game? Like, is somebody going to come into your house and massage your feet while you while you play Tetris? Like, does someone come in and clean your house so that you could just keep playing Tetris all the time? Like, if that's what you're buying with your thirty dollars, like, okay, sure. <laughs> but 
I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. Somebody somebody hold me. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you're missing anything, Bob. I, I don't I think you're getting the concept exactly. Who thought that was a good idea? Who who green who you know who greenlit that? Like, you know, the <laughs> same people that greenlighted this dead space shit. <laughs> Like, oh, thirty dollars a year, that ain't too bad, right? Right? That's only like half a game, right? Guys? So it's like the exact thing on the agenda after the dead space flight game. Jesus fuck, guys. I, I hate that like every week we come in and like one publisher's really fucking shit on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always like somebody's doing really good and then the next week they just like completely blow it all away. You would think with the way they're trying to monetize everything to the max, you know. That they weren't making any money, but they, come on, like, yeah, dude, that's counter to the truth. They're making a lot of money. They're making money hand over fist. But they're always trying to make more. Yeah, it's not like they're the second largest third party in the world or anything. Yeah, only because the the first largest merged with somebody else. Exactly. That says a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I really don't. <laughs> what to say about this or you know why they even thought a good idea if you actually pay $30 a year to play Tetris you're retarded yeah really really like yeah Unless you get if you want to send us hate mail about that go for house. it <laughs> <laughs> actually the, the, there is another option you can get a one month membership you know you pay month for month but that's $3 a month after you paid ninety nine cents for the game, like come what on, ch- like I just I really want to see a list. Like I, I kind of I'm I'm actually going to keep an eye on this because I really want to see like a list of what the fuck you get that would possibly justify it. If you get regular, if you get for that ninety nine cents, if you get Tetris now, okay, number one, the new one that they they just put out has. The galaxy mode, marathon, one touch mode, and well, the T Club is separate. But I'm like, just between those two, like, that's gotta marathon mode is basic Tetris. If basic Tetris doesn't cut anything out, if it's just basic Tetris, there I can't. There's nothing you can give me for thirty dollars when you've already given me the main game for a dollar that would possibly make it worthwhile. How about a booster to progress your rank faster? Huh? Or some huh? perks. Huh? <laughs> that's, that's some of the shit that you're getting for this thirty dollars. Yeah, like if like maybe Access to possible discounts after you've already blown more money than you should have. Yeah, or Tetris. Yeah, I just don't. If you pay thirty dollars a year for Tetris, you deserve it. Like, does y'all go to Chelsea over to my house and give me a hug? You know, because I just spent thirty dollars in the game. Like, what? Ha- like, what the fuck happens? Yeah. <laughs> do you go to? Do you get invited to a special party where everybody plays Tetris and there's, there's swimsuit models and underwear models? That I don't. I don't know. Like, something. Like, you get like a maximum party. Like, I don't. What do you get? <laughs> thirty dollars. I can't reconcile this with anything. We should, I, can we move on? I don't want to talk about this anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. It really makes no sense. It's like thirty, and then they haven't. All they say is exclusive access to new mobile challenges and content. Like that's it. Like, and I think we've already established that you know, most people probably really don't care about other people's high scores for the most part. So I don't know. We'll 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 keep an eye on it and see what they come out with, or if they just say, "Oh no, never mind." You know, which I think that's probably going to happen because I really can't see this going anywhere. I would want to see some numbers. I want to see some numbers of who who's buying this thirty dollars a year subscription. 
I don't feel bad for anyone who does. No. It's your no. damn fault. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Yeah, let's, let's get away from that, because that makes no sense. Uh, go away. Just go away. Yeah. Go away, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit about EB Games, uh, which is also you know GameStop, but this is in Canada. Uh, EB Games in Canada is actually abolishing their used games section. Uh, and what that means is doesn't mean they're getting rid of used games because that would sound like a good thing, right? No, it means that they're actually going to be putting their used games and new games in the same area. And also, you know how used games have that yellow sticker? That's gone. To, you won't be able to use games will now use the same white sticker that new games do. They actually have been gone for a while. They changed it a while back, actually. Like when I was still actually working at in Canada, GameStop. Well, yeah, I don't I know about Canada, same. but but like they had a, they've abolished those those yellow stickers in the U.S. like a couple of years ago. Okay. So I mean, like I yeah, I know this is Canada, but like people are like, wait a minute, they already did that. <laughs> so I'm just clarifying. Yeah, that's a good note to make. Yeah, well, in Canada, I don't necessarily think they were doing that because this is news to them. Now, something that they're not doing in the Canada's U.S. smarter. <laughs> so they're not doing in the U.S. that they're doing in Canada is that uh, they're going to be putting the new and used games together. And I guess they have them on shelves in Canada and not, you know, in the glass. You know, because you know Canada's safer apparently. Who knows? You know, or they oh, steal no. us. I've never shot the Canadian eBay. Yeah, <laughs> but um, basically they're going to take all the games, put them together in the same rack, and put the new ones all the way in the back of the used ones. So they have to pile all of the used games on top of the new games. To I guess to well, the only thing I can think of is that people actually buy the used games. You know, and you know, as opposed to the new games. Um. This is like extremely shifty. Like, I don't see how publishers are okay with this. Like, when this news came out, like, how are you okay with this, publishers? How are you letting this happen? You know, GameStop is like, you know, packing your new stuff in the back and, you know, putting their used stuff so they can double dip on your games. On your Yeah. When we have a dozen stories every week about how they're trying to, publish trying to kill the used game business. Yeah. Like, how do you let this fly? Seriously, I, I'm gonna try not to soapbox, but it's gonna be really, really fucking hard not to. But this is why, like, when we have a story about like online passes expiring and and all the stuff that's wrong with the everything else, DRM and all that, like you're looking in the wrong direction. Like, if this doesn't show you what their intent are, what their intent is, now I can confirm that they have not started doing this in the U.S. yet. Not even just from like going into the store, but there hasn't even been like communications. Um, to like employees that this is going to happen in the U.S. yet, but it it would not be the first time that they have tried. They haven't quite done the same thing in the U.S. before, but they've they have tried to eliminate used sections and put the games together. But they hadn't gone as far as put all your used games in front of new games. Like it was always like you needed to have a separation of like this is still new. Like you put them next to each other, but this is like a whole different thing. But they have tried to like blur that line before. Even just abolishing the yellow stickers was a first step to that. And since that stuck, like, they're only going to keep pushing. But, like, publishers, you're looking in the wrong direction. It's not online passes. It's not DRM. It's the corruption of the secondhand market, which is what this is. If you don't see what they are doing, you 
you're retarded. You're retarded. You deserve to let them do this to you, and you deserve to let people pirate you. You deserve to go out of business <laughs> because you don't see what's happening right in front of your face. And in fact, you're giving them advertising dollars. You know, giving them advertising dollars. You're you're working with them. You're bit. You're kowtowing to their wheel, to their will. Batman came. Ar- Arkham City came out with the Catwoman. You know, DLC that if you bought the game new you that you got that that was basically their online pass for arkham city if you bought the game used from gamestop they printed you out a code anyway why are publishers kowtowing to them like that like just because they're gamestop fuck that really like fuck that because they the everything will be better when they're gone (laughs) and that's and that's all i can really say about it like everything will be better when they're gone look in the correct direction and see what they're doing to you right in front of your face like they are really just like whipping out their gigantic eb games gamestop dick and smacking you in the face in it repeatedly and like you're taking it and you're taking it that's what's happening right now and if this and I would not be surprised at all to see this come to the US. Like the only reason they really have not done it before is because like customers and even just employees see what's wrong with it and and like fight back against it. And so they they've undone it. But like if but this is stuck in Canada, you know, even with all the press around it, they've it's they've stayed with this. So I I think that's a scarier turn than all the online passes and all that stuff in the world. Like Stop looking in the wrong direction, guys. Just it's interesting uh, that you mentioned employees too, because there's everybody knows there's such uh, like a rush to like ripping it GameStop employees on the internet and like oh those damn GameStop employees doing all this shit with used games and making me blah 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 and this and the other thing and opening boxes and like the employees don't want this crap either. Most of them, like I can't speak for every employee, but Rob and I have both worked at GameStop. And like this kind of crap Everybody happens. Games has worked at GameStop. Like yeah, <laughs> experience pretty much. Like you've either like to worked at GameStop or you've worked at like Best Buy. <laughs> like everybody. Yeah, that's pretty much true. <laughs> or both. There you go. Yeah, I've worked at both. <laughs> also, no, I'm, I'm Best Buy only. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, now that everyone knows our employment history, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about again? <laughs> yeah, I know. I um. Publishers, they keep their their measures for anti piracy and used game, you know, and you know, and uh, you know, protection against used games. So far, their measures have only hurt the actual people who are buying new games, just like DRM. You know, they, like I can't believe like somebody like EA is not going to, you know, GameStop and like, hey, you no, this is not going to fly because it would hurt GameStop so much more than EA if game if EA pulled their games out of GameStop. Exactly, which is why I don't see why everybody bows to fucking GameStop like they do. Like they all do it too. They all do it. I I just don't I don't understand. Yeah, so you would cripple GameStop in like a month if you pull all your game. If if like just like say like EA, Activision, I like just a couple of publishers like pull their games out. You'd cripple GameStop in like a, in six months. Yeah, really. Yeah, especially something like EA, Activision. You know, Ubisoft, you know, big boys like that, they pull their games. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, like, it's not like you can't, it's not like, I don't know anywhere where GameStop is the only place you can get games in town. It would be different if it was like a Walmart, because Walmart's everywhere. But that's, you know, because Walmart's everywhere, you you don't, if like, oh, well, you, I can't get this game here, really? Okay, well, let me go to Walmart. I got to go there for some socks anyway. You know, like, it's, 
Yeah, I, I don't know why they take this type of abuse, but then abuse us. <laughs> you know, they abuse their their uh, the people who are actually buying the games. Their actual customers, yeah. And the, like you mentioned, it's it's different. I could see if you're like a indie developer, or like small little guy, and it's like, well, we need every single sale we can get, so we're just gonna have to put up with this crap. But if you're EA or Activision, like you don't have the clout to, to tell GameStop, like, yo. We are not putting up with this garbage. Yeah, they, they all have that clout, but it's like none of them wants to use it. Like, it really just turns into like everybody abusing the consumer. Because even game, like realistically, like even GameStop is abusing the consumer. You could have somebody who we, who means well wants to buy new games and like walks into GameStop sees sees nothing but this one section of stuff and wants to pick up a new game. And grabs the first thing on the shelf because they see, okay, this is the only, this is the, I walked over here and here's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, here's the game on the shelf, and you grab it. Because I can tell you from experience that a lot of customers, like, do not look at, don't necessarily read, aside from the price, read that label. Like, read that little price label on the game that just has used little words underneath the, like, underneath the barcode. All they look at is the price, make sure it's the right game, and they move on. And sometimes they don't even understand the concept. People right. have no idea what they're doing. They're just, this right. is my nephew put this on the Christmas else. list. Yes. Like, what, what do you mean this is used? Like, what does that even, what does that mean? Is that bad? Like, you literally have to explain that to people. Especially this time of year, too. Like, they basically did this, like, right before, right before Christmas holiday, you know, right before Black Friday, right before the whole rush starts. And people, and so that, like, people won't notice. Like, you just got your kid to use game, and you didn't even know. You walked out of the store, you didn't even know. And they've, and it's funny because, like, in a lot of ways, they've conditioned people to it because, you know, there's the last copy that's already open, and, like, that seems to always happen, or now they have right. gutting multiple copies so that, like, there's multiple new, like, facings on walls and all that kind of stuff. And they've conditioned people to accept the fact that, like, this game is already open, but it's still new. So when you get a used game... And it's already open, and you picked it out of one section where the, oh, that was the only game in the store. Those are the only games in the store stacked up with each other. And you pick up that game, you give it to them, they put a disc in it, and they seal it, or whatever they, you know, if they even do that, depending on the store. <laughs> and they give it to you, you're already conditioned to be like, oh, okay, that's it. Walk out. Don't even know you got a used game until you get home and you need an online pass, or they try and tell you something, all the other issues that come out of that. I, I just don't understand. I really don't. I'm I'm kind of getting broken by the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, bad news for our uh, friends in the Great White North. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see what that what happens with that. Maybe maybe Sony, EA, you know, Microsoft will actually take some action, but it's unlikely. I can't see them doing it. Uh, but let's roll on. Let's roll into that. You know, from that to. I guess it's not necessarily bad news because news has already passed, but a reflection of <laughs> some things that have happened this year. Um, 12 game studios that died in 2011. That was an article on IGN. And that's, uh, if, unless another studio gets killed off in the, you know, in this last month of this year, that's one studio a month, one casualty of the, of the gaming business per month. But uh, the list starts off with Bizarre Creations, which that that happened at the beginning of this year, but we kind of we knew that was going to happen 
you know, right. last year. Yeah. You know, yeah, we after, talked about it at length, too. <laughs> yeah, after Bloodstone. And, yeah, we talked about it, I think, multiple times on the podcast. Yep, because you can't help but to talk about something like that. That's, yeah. That was a blow. That was a huge blow, especially, I mean, Project Gotham Racing, Geometry Wars. Like, you know, they had two great series active, you know. Like, it wasn't like Geometry Wars was that old. They had Geometry Wars, Geometry Wars 2. It was even like PGR four was in the three sixty, you know, and Activision they they acquired them in two thousand and seven, uh, and you know they released Blur, which technically speaking was it was successful, like it, it moved units, but it wasn't as financially success. It didn't hit the markers Activision wanted it to hit. Right, so it that. didn't. It didn't have, and honestly, like it didn't really have like huge advertising dollars behind it. It came out at a really bad time. Like anything coming up against Red Dead, that that was terrible for a lot of games. <laughs> like a split second, also had that issue too. But, yeah, yeah, it got got buried. I mean, and then those two came out at the same time. You had like split second and Blur come out at the same time too. So you had two more racing games that were fighting against each other, plus being against all the games that came out. It's just a bad set of circumstances, and it's like Activision didn't even notice. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, I mean, like, uh, yeah, like, the only reason I even picked up Blur was because somebody was supposed to review it, and they couldn't. So I bought it. And then I love it. I fell in love with that game. The game was awesome. But yeah, bizarre. And then, you know, the I guess the, the nail in the coffin was Bloodstone, which also wasn't a bad game. That was not Bloodstone was not a bad game. It just didn't hit the the uh the markers Activision wanted it to hit and it didn't get that much advertising and people really didn't give it that much of a chance because it's a double O seven game. You know, like that name or that, that franchise doesn't carry that much weight in gaming anymore. No, they've ran it through the mud. Yeah. I, I don't mean I don't mean um what's the face in particular. I mean, you know, over the past ten years after yeah. Goldnot came out of the N sixty four. Then you know everybody was like, "Hey, let's make a Bond game. Yeah, it'll be awesome, right?" Oh yeah, no, it sucks. None of them it's were, really. Let's make another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know that's that was bizarre. Like, we really don't need to talk about it anymore because we've talked about it so much. Um, I, I will say that I was very surprised that nobody stepped up to buy Bizarre. Like really, you know, like come on, Codemasters, you make racing games. You couldn't pick up. Yeah, Bizarre. even if you could have picked it up, restructured it, like, even if you had to let some people go, at least save the studio to a certain extent. Like, there could have been something, but nope, nobody, nobody wanted it. So, yeah. yeah. And now the anti-bizarre team Bondi. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, everybody like that was very fast. Did we now, talk about this before? Yeah, we we, we kind of talked about it. Was that mentioned at some point? Was there some news on that front earlier this year? <laughs> well, you know, bizarre, bizarre. Another bizarre, sorry. Team Bondi, one game took them seven years to make, and then still, still, and it, the game and it was did really, really good. Well. Yeah, the game did <laughs> really, really well, and they still got, they still, you know, went belly up, and that was because of the that was primarily because of the way they treated their developers. That's why, like, if you want to blame it on anything, because they were coming off of a good run with La Noir. La Noir was critically acclaimed good game but when those development was troubled and the relationship with all the people that work there like the working conditions were shit yeah and then they also like rockstar didn't necessarily like uh the way they handled things over at team bondi but they had already gotten involved with this investment so they went through with it 
Uh, and there was a lot of conflict between Team Bondi and Rockstar to begin with. And because of all this, because of the way they treated the developers, the way they interacted with Rockstar, they were unable to, you know, pretty much pick up any new projects. Good old McNamara. Yeah, yeah but the good news is things worked out for McNamara. Did you guys see that? Like, where did he go? He went somewhere, of. right? He, yeah, he got a deal for this game, Whore of the Orient. That's Whore. the name of the- I thought that was a joke. Not a joke. The company that they were talking about when when Team Bondi was going under that they said might buy them, um, they're the the studio that's responsible for Happy Feet, the 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 movie. Yeah. Um, and they were, I guess, trying to maybe make some moves in the video games, or they already have a video game studio. I'm not really sure. But like they were, there, there was rumor that they were going to pick up Team Bondi. That didn't happen. Team Bondi just fell apart. But now McNamara is there and working on a game. Wait, yes, that is, is that called that, War of the Orient. Is that a Mad Max game? <laughs> hmm? Yeah, yeah is it Mad, Mad, That's the Mad Max yes. game they're yes. working on. Yes. Okay, Mad Max War of the Orient. That is hilarious. Oh wait, uh, was it Mad Max? I thought it was something else. I thought it was oh. dealing with a different. Like, well, I, I just thought that 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 comedy was involved in Mad Max. I didn't. No, the actual game, this horror of the Orient thing, was Mad Max. I don't know. Is it, I knew that company. I don't think like, it is. I think that they were they either worked on or are working on a Mad Max game, but his game is a separate project. It's actually uh, like I think Rob Hara, like uh, Madihara, like that that kind of historical story. I'm not sure if that's exactly what it's going to be about, but it's more of like a historical type thing. They want to keep him, I guess, working on stuff that's like L.A. Noir, something based in yeah. Imagine that on GameStop shelves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can, I have, can, I have, can I have one Whore of the Orient, We've got 10 copies of used Whore of the Orient here. We've have... <laughs> <laughs> we got all these Whores of the Orient to get rid of. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. Uh, oh, but uh, after that, there's uh, Propaganda Games, which they were known for Torak and Tron Evolution. I can't really say they were known for that because neither of those games were that incredible. Um, and they, they went down simply because their games didn't sell. You know, that's that that's what happens there. Uh, next on the list is Black Rock Studios, which kind of shared the same fate as, uh, you know, Bizarre, because their major primetime AAA race title was released the same time as Red Dead Redemption and Alan Wake. You know, like, that's that that was that's unfortunate. Like, both Mistake. of those, you know. Go ahead. They are just real quick, just... They're being set up to fail with that. We talk about that stuff all the time. Like, what are publishers thinking? Putting out games like that that could be possibly, you know, modestly successful if released during a period when it's not, you know, Game of the Year Director's Edition is releasing or whatever. Yeah. It's like everybody knew Red Dead Redemption was going to blow everything away. And Alan Wake had a strong following behind it, too. Not Red Dead-like, obviously, but... To release your game, sandwich in there, like, come on, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, like, and, well, pro- pro- actually, um, part of the problem, another part of the problem, I should say, was the fact that uh, Disney hit them with layoffs, like, early on before that game even came off. And so they hit them with layoffs uh, and did a, you know, a, a real line of its business strategy. And then, you know, they came out with uh, with uh, Split Second, which I wasn't a fan of, but it wasn't a bad game. A lot of other people really liked it, so it probably just wasn't my cup of tea. Right. But, you know... But it could have been a modest success. Yeah. Basically. And it just didn't come out at a time to do that. Yeah, like, it didn't even... Uh, it didn't even make 100k sales, from what, I, from what I'm reading here. 
Yeah, which is crazy. That's really that's how bad of a time it came out in. Ouch. Exactly. You know, because if you weren't getting Red Dead, you're probably getting out and wake. If you weren't getting out and wake, you're probably getting Red Dead. I got both (laughs) that week. You know, nice move. So did I. I played both that week too. Two reviews one week. You know, so. Yeah, like that was a uh, that was really really bad time for those games for that you know both uh, Blur and Split Second to come out. But even before Split Second, they had Pure, which was a good uh, it was a good ATV game. Um, they had MotoGP, which was uh, it was pretty good. You know, wasn't my another game wasn't my cup of tea, but those who liked that stuff said it was good. So um, it looks like after that is Bedlam, Bedlam Games, uh, which is known for Dungeons and Dragons Daggerdale, which from what I hear is a good game, but it just didn't sell that well. No. Yeah, just... I heard really good things about it. Uh, Aaron really liked it. Aaron Tomko from Versailles, he was a huge fan of it. Yeah, like it just did not sell that well. So, you know, they went under Codemasters Guilford. Um, they made Body Count, which, oh. Body count was, uh, it's all right. Like, here's the thing with shooters yeah. these days. Like with shooters, you really like right now. You really need to go for the gold when it comes to shooters. Like if you release a subpar shooter, it's pro- it's it's gonna you know and par being high. Not saying subpar like oh uh, you know it kind of sucks. I mean like because the the bar is set high. You know, um, if you're not making a, a good shooter, uh, then you might as well not even make it and go make something else. Right, that's the way the 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 the, sh- the feel is with the FPS, I guess, genre right now. Yeah, if you're not We're talking trying. four million sales or something, like don't don't bother, like don't, because <laughs> it's not going to go. You're going to be realistic and come in and say, "Hey, this is a budget game. We're going to bring it out at you know thirty or forty dollars, and we're going to release it in you know I don't know July or something." Yeah, it came out sixty bucks in September. Yes. Oh, I know, I know. We're going to buy it. Oh, it came out in September, right? Yeah, yeah, it was fairly recent. It was just yeah, a couple, like, few months ago. Yeah, so like they and actually, uh, yeah, like actually after this, after they closed this uh, the studio, I believe Codemaster said they were restructuring the focus on their racing games. Now, hopefully, they make Grid Two. Come on, make Grid Two because now we, well, Project Gotham. Supposedly, Microsoft is working on another Project Gotham, but besides that, there's no real street racing games anymore. I don't even consider Need for Speed a street racing game anymore. Not really. Not the way that it is right now. Exactly. So, yeah, that was uh, unfortunate for, uh, you know, Codemasters and uh, studios in Guilford. Uh, so after that, there's EA Visceral Melbourne. Now, this when this happened, this kind of struck me because they made, they're the studio behind Dead Space 2. You know, you know the game that EA wants to expand and make bigger and better because of how successful it was? Like... Dead Space 2. Um, and the thing is, like, not Maybe that... they don't know how to make flight games. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dead Space 2, the, the reason they got shut down wasn't because Dead Space 2 didn't make enough money. They got shut down because they couldn't see any money in in their future. Like, I'm like, really? Like, is it like, but, like, you, aren't you guys supposed to be like, here, here's a project, work on it? Yeah, right. and they made Dead Space too. So they were, you know, there's a rumor that they were working on a Jack the Ripper game. How do you know if the Jack the Ripper game wasn't going to be good? Dead Space Two was excellent, excellent. You know, I think it has the best cinematic gameplay of this year. 
and the gameplay is, is is really really good. Like it was an excellent game. How do you know that their next game wasn't going to be just as good? Like, I don't. That confused me. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know about that one. Like really. Like you could. I mean, they still have. A, and I guess to clarify a little bit, like the Visceral Games, like still has studios in California, Montreal, Shanghai, and California. The Redwood Studios is where like it all kind of like originated from. But Melbourne was very much involved with all those all those games that were. You know, pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know. Uh, I know a lot of them um, did not. Well, I should say a lot, but some of the members came stateside to take new jobs within EA. So, at least they had a place to go. But still, you know, that, I think there has to be another reason behind that. It's funny too because I'm like, he, it's weird because I've I've heard, especially after the Team Bondi or a little bit before the Team Bondi thing, that like. When Team Bondi came out with L.A. Noir, like that was like the, a big deal because there's so very apparently very few like decent game studios in Australia. Like I don't know what the the conditions are that like there there aren't any, but like I think it's something to do with like the way that taxes and all that kind of stuff work that just most don't bother. So the for another studio that's I mean not necessarily just a studio on its own, but you know a division to get shut down in a place that doesn't have that many good studios in the first place. I thought maybe it's something with Australia. Maybe it's something with the the way their government, you know, stuff is set up for taxes or who knows what. And it was just a money move. Had nothing to do with it. Maybe. Don't know. All right. So <laughs> that was the first five. I would like to note before we continue that the next five games or sorry, next five studios are all THQ studios. Next six, isn't it? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Next 6. There's yeah. one that's not listed as THQ, but it is a THQ studio yeah, as well. Next 6, yes. So the first is THQ Digital Studios Phoenix, um, responsible for MX versus ATV, Alive, Cars, ATV, Off-Road Fury. Um, yeah, we know, like, all those games, like, they hit the people buy them and stuff, but they're just not that... Popular. People buy them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody funny. Out, MX so versus ATV was like a good old t- like it was like a good time like way back in the day like PS2 you know like MX yeah. versus ATV MX you know like those that was like the second game in the series because they did like MX Unleashed or whatever and then they did MX versus ATV and that was a fun game yeah like you know like motocross bikes racing against ATVs but then they had monster trucks and, and planes and like all sorts of ridiculous stuff it was a good game and then they just like kept running that into the ground until the last one ATV Alive came out and like had just like a shitty shitty structure to it like Every like everything was locked off by DLC. Like it well, was real. Didn't real that bad. game come out for forty bucks though? I it, I want to say it did, but so did the ones before it, and the other ones weren't locked uh, behind DLC. Like they cut that game to pieces and tried to sell it as DLC, thinking that people cared when people only moderately bought it in the first place. That explains a lot <laughs> for me then, because I knew that game came out of, came out of forty dollars, but according to the THQ CEO, the reason why it came out of forty dollars was to give gamers a. Uh, an option on what content they actually want to buy. The way I, I didn't follow the series, but the, like the way he made it sound like, it was like all the other games came out at like sixty bucks or on the PS two fifty bucks, and they cut this one down to experiment to see if they can, you know, if they can, if people want to like buy their content a la carte. Yeah, now it just kind of sounds like they were just fucking people. Like you yeah, know, like, it, you know. They did, then that's exactly what it was. Like when it came out, like people knew they were getting fucked, and that's why it didn't it didn't fly. So I mean, like that contributed to it. Which again, corporate. Yeah. But I mean, like 
I think maybe they did try and release one version of the game at a higher rate, but like that was like the, I think it was like the first next gen version of it, right. and then after that, like it went right back to being like fifty forty dollars. Like it was never a sixty dollar game like on a regular basis. Like wow. I think there was one iteration where they tried to make boost the boost the profits by raising the price. And I think that hurt them too. But yeah, it's just bad structuring of the game. Like this is why locking off stuff behind DLC. Like we're gonna give you like the the ATV and the and the motocross bike and like a couple of tracks and everything else you got to pay for. And like that's that doesn't work when you've been giving everybody the whole game for forty bucks anyway before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next you know studio on the list is THQ Digital Studios Warrington, and uh, two games that came out this year: the Red Faction Battlegrounds, which. I don't think I did that great to begin with. Um, and then there was Warhammer 40k Kill Team, which actually they were closed, um, I, I believe, like a, a month before Kill Team was even released. And that's because of Battlegrounds. Like they didn't even stick, they didn't even let them stick around to see what you know what Kill Team was going to do for them. Which you know, it was alright. I mean, it was okay. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad game. Um, I don't necessarily think it was worth sixty bucks if you paid sixty bucks for it. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's, they, they, they are also, well, you know, both Phoenix and Warrington were victims of the whole THQ restructuring and strategic realignment, you know, that THQ has been doing. Strategic, you're fine, get the F out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So basically like if you're, this is, I guess it's a bad, a bad year to have a not so great game at THQ, you know, cause you know, that puts your, that puts your name on the list. So, you know, they're they're gone now. So yeah. I you know really sucks for all these THQ studios. There's a yeah. lot of people out of work. And the devs, yeah, yeah, it sucks. So yeah, that's why they went under. Uh, let's see. Oh, THQ Studio Australia, uh or Studio Oz. And uh yeah, they <laughs> Avatar the Airbender they they came out with. And uh the Avengers, which was cancelled. Actually they showed a video that concept, yeah, the concept yeah. video that was oh, going like, to be all first person and yeah, first person Avengers game. It's interesting, very interesting. I'd like to see where that came out, like the way that came out, because it was not like the normal movie tie-in game where it's like, here we're going to have this guy and you're going to run through some levels or you're going to beat up some stuff. It was like you got to be Iron Man and you were flying around and shooting stuff with the repulsor blast and you were Hulk and you were jumping all over the place. But as all first person view, it was pretty. It was pretty unique. It would have been a good idea, but oh well. There's an Australia again too. <laughs> like originally they they were they were supposed to do Warhammer 40k Space Marine, but that got reassigned to Warrington, and look what happened to Warrington, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it sucks for them. Uh, Chaos Studios, which Homefront is what they I guess you're really known for. Like they made Frontlines Fuels of War, which didn't do that great, but we're still alive. And then when they came out with Homefront, which actually was a market success, technically, you know, for technically, I mean, it didn't pull Call of Duty numbers, but it was still a market success. And uh, yeah, they still got uh, still got shuttered. Yeah, it was just like you know, uh, all they did was take Homefront and <laughs> just move it along with somebody else. To yeah, part out of it they wanted and then killed the studio. Yeah, like yeah. It. So if you're Crytek, are you like watching over your back now? Like, oh my God, what's gonna happen to us? Yeah, don't walk, don't walk down any dark alleys, Crytek. <laughs> you know, some uh, Chaos Studios devs may be there waiting for you. You know, they say, "Hey, house home front." Tell her I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Slink back into the dark. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so like uh yeah, like there's really like I that I was confused with that one because Homefront was technically speaking a success and they still got closed. They probably didn't see that coming. You know, they, they probably did not see probably that coming. Not, yeah, yeah, you would kind of assume like if it wasn't it didn't do terribly. Like, no, critically it wasn't that great, but it was okay. It was average. And like you'd kind of think that you did well enough sales wise that like you could get another trot, you know, make improve things on Homefront too. And you know, they probably could have had something. But now you'll never even get to see that chance. Just whoop, gone. So even moderate success, I mean, like, that's, that's the weird thing about this list. It's not just games that didn't do well because of bad timing, because of lack of, you know, advertising dollars. It's games that, like, did moderately to really well that also got their studios closed. Like, I mean, a bunch of different reasons, but nobody is safe. <laughs> yeah, nobody. yeah, but it's clear they went wrong by not making an Uncharted-like game in a flight game. Yeah. I'm going to keep going back to that. I'm going to keep going back to that. Uh, so the final studio, which is also a THQ Studios, Blue Tongue, uh, made the blob, Marvel, Superhero Squad, Jurassic Park, Operation Genesis. Those games aren't moving many numbers. And they also got swept up in the restructuring of THQ. Oof, bad year for THQ. Jesus. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. Really. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you have one Activision, one, well, Team Bondi was still kind of on their own. They weren't owned by Rockstar. Um, propaganda. Actually, who came out with, with Tron? Who put, that was Disney. That was a Disney, Disney. interactive studio. Disney, so, they, Disney had two. They had yeah. Disney had two. And then Bedlam was, uh, that was Atari, I believe. Yeah. And uh, then there was Codemasters. But THQ, oh, one EA. THQ, six. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is unheard rough. of. Yeah, yeah, I would be, I'd be wary of if I was like a, a studio that got picked up by THQ. And is it any wonder that people want to do indie instead? Like seriously? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, very true. So, yeah, but actually, uh, maybe some of these studios could have done better if they were able to. I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Have different pricing schemes available to them than it is right now, like in the retail model, because the bulk of these games are retail games, uh, with the exception, I think, of Daggerdale. Like Daggerdale was uh, uh, PSN, uh, Xbox Live. Yeah, exactly. But the rest of these are all retail games. So this is kind of tying into our next topic, uh, which talks about the broke the broken gaming retail model. Uh, specifically, uh, one of the uh, actually who he is uh, the creative director of Scribble Knots. Uh, Jeremiah Slaska. That's what I'm gonna go with. What do you think, Rob? Rob's our uh, probably Slaska. Slaska. Okay. Yeah, Rob. I think that the C is probably gonna be silent in that. <laughs> so yes, Slaska. Let's say Slaska. Slaska. Okay, so we're gonna go with Jeremiah. Jeremiah Slaska. Uh, he uh, was he was creative director of, of Scribble Knots. Uh, David uh, Fifth Cell, and you know he says the gaming the game retail model is broken. Uh, which that's that's an echo that we're hearing. You know, that, no, he's not the only person saying. He's there's an inherent weakness in charging sixty dollars for every game. Um, he says before the model was tolerable because the cost was reasonable enough uh, to allow mediocre selling games to make money. He says now it's just insane. If you aren't going to be a mega hit at sixty dollars, you might as well give up before you even try because it's tens of millions down the hole. You know, and he's right. I mean, think about it, like. Even though we I don't just talk about it, yeah, <laughs> really. yeah that's true. Yeah, I mean, even, I'm not a fan of Call of Duty. I don't think it's that great, but Call of Duty is a blockbuster. 
Okay, Call of Duty costs sixty dollars, and if you're into multiplayer, you know there's lots and lots and lots of people playing that multiplayer for Call of Duty. If I have a game that is just you know that may be better, the game itself may be better, but you know it can't stand up against Call of Duty. I have a better chance of selling it that game's forty bucks, you know, as opposed to sixty. And I know it's only a twenty dollar difference, but that makes a difference to some people, you know. So. Uh, he he's definitely right, you know. He said, yeah, uh, "Give your games a chance and bring them out." At as we've discussed before on this podcast and many others, you know, differing price points and coming out at times of the year. Also, he doesn't talk about that, but we have before. Don't come out like the same day as Call of Duty or Red Dead Redemption. It it seems like common sense, but everybody wants that bragging rights. Like, yeah, we came out with Red Dead Redemption. We kicked his ass. Well, no, you didn't. Right. Everyone knew you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and when he also talks about, uh, you know, games that, let's say, they aren't the best. They're just okay. And there's nothing wrong with an okay game. And not every game is going to be incredible, smashing, and, you know, blowing your mind. That's that's unreasonable. So, you know, he's, he says, you know, why would I want to pay $60 for an okay game? Why, why would I want to pay 60 bucks for an okay game or the same price for an okay game that I pay for an incredible game? Which makes sense. And he says, uh, he actually mentions Homefront because, you know, I, I think we all agree everybody that's played Homefront was that Homefront wasn't that great. You know, yeah, it was all I mean, right. That was the last game that I picked up used and ended up taking it back to the store because I wasn't <laughs> sure. And even at the, like, discount with the card being less than the new price game price still was like this would not even be worth half of this <laughs> like yeah. to play this game i mean that's kind of how like i feel with yeah. gears <laughs> you know actually i can put Ge- gears fits in this example perfectly because he says for me i should say gears 3 yeah you really don't like gears i really gears 3 like, i, I it does though like, <laughs> yeah, i'm surprised i didn't say anything well let me let me clarify though because he's talking about the single player uh, not to get off on a huge tangent but i really haven't even played the single player i just like the multiplayer don't do it nick don't okay. do it don't, don't do what? Don't, don't clarify? No, don't, clarify? no, no, no. Don't, don't play the single player. Don't play no, the single, don't play single player. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You, we've heard enough about your Gears of War crap. <laughs> Gears of War propaganda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nick puts up Gears of War posters in his spare time on the streets. I'm doing yeah. it right now. <laughs> but uh, in this example, he says, you know, what if you could rent Homefront for $5 for 24 hours from your console? And I just got to tell you, if you rent Homefront for 24 hours and you, you play it for five, you'll beat it. <laughs> so that's that. You'll get through the whole campaign, uh, you know, for, for $5 if that was the case. And he also says, well, what if Homefront was only $30 up front for the single player? And if you liked, you could buy the multiplayer for an additional $30. Um that is extremely reasonable. In my case with Gears, actually, now that I think about it, I'm only playing the single player, and I paid $30 for it, and I still don't think it's worth it. So, um, you know, I guess a game for a game like Homefront, I think that would have been reasonable. Or even a game for me like Call of Duty, that's reasonable. Um, the thing I don't see is why they can't do that now. You know, like... <laughs> or maybe maybe like a Best Buy won't allow it, or you know GameStop won't allow. It. Like, oh, you only selling this game for thirty dollars? No, thank you. You know, because that's the thing. Like right now, they can sell it if they sold the game for thirty dollars. When you got back home, you can stay. You know, they can make that box pop up. Like, hey, if you want the multiplayer, if you want access to the multiplayer here, you need to pay thirty dollars here, and you pay on your PSN or Xbox Live. 
You know, I can totally see they're doing it right now, so I don't know if it's maybe some type of deals they have to cut with Best Buy, like, you know, for a certain amount of profit. But no, that doesn't make any sense because, you know, Best Buy probably gets these games at, like, you know, probably 50 bucks. They they purchase the games from the publishers at, like, 50 bucks and then charge, like, 60 for it. Yeah, and I don't even think the overhead is that high. Like, I don't even think it's that much. But they move so much in units that it doesn't matter. But, like, they don't... Like companies don't get like a lot of overhead on new games, like even at sixty bucks. So even if you brought it out at fifty bucks, like that's the same would still apply. You know, yeah. it's not that doesn't change anything. I'm saying like if they bought the game from a publisher for twenty bucks, so I say twenty five bucks, and put like the the same markup on it to make it thirty. Right, you're still making the same amount of money from them. They'll still sell it. It's not going to matter to them. And, and then on top of that, option. Yeah, and they the the, the publisher like well, I guess whatever fee they have to pay to get those like you know codes on the xbox live or psn like they could pay that but i seriously doubt it's the same overhead as packing up a physical option shipping it out you know i think they would get more they'd probably get more money from a model like that because you know you're paying for it digitally just a thought yep just a thought (laughs) but being flexible and trying to change things like you know scared again scared don't want to don't want to fix what's not broken even though it is broken you know like they just don't recognize it's broken they want to change stuff they don't want to change anything or they want to change stuff gradually or they want to wait until somebody else does it well and then then change something i mean like look at what's happened with origin and steam like steam has done really well for themselves and now you got GameStop buying impulse to try and get in on it you got ea making origin like everybody waits for somebody else to do something and then they want to jump into it so like yeah now we see the digital is really great except that we're still doing it fucking wrong because we're selling games for 50 60 dollars on origin when really the whole point is that you should be giving your customers more value which means kind of like that overhead's not there anymore you're not selling it in a brick and mortar store change stuff you know if you're selling it in a brick and mortar store and you're selling a game that's not up to par or you know not going to be a blockbuster not going to be a battlefield or call of duty just like be flexible like be reasonable about the shit like don't sell home front for eight bajillion dollars you know, sell it for forty and sell the whole thing for forty or something. Like I don't know. Like give people a chance to like your game first and then come out with the next one and say this game is bigger and better. Here it's gonna be fifty dollars this time. But I think people would be more willing to deal with that, maybe, to a certain extent. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. The thing is if you set a precedent with a price, it's kinda of hard to move. It is hard. Plan. It is hard. Know, like why so many people don't even look at you know, games on their phone if it's over a dollar. Right. You That's know. true. Too. So I don't know, but there does need to be more flexibility, and there needs to be more of an idea of you can you don't have to come out at you know the sixty dollar price point, especially when it hurts a lot more games than it helps. But oh well, so yeah. goes so goes the industry, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up on that note. You know, this is the what is that? What a depressing, depressing note. note. <laughs> uh, hmm. um, Can't all be happy endings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, typically, this is the part where we talk about the games that are coming out for next week, but all I see is tumbleweeds on my screen. Like, it's, it, there's nothing. It's barren. It's, in terms of major retail releases, I don't know. 
Uh, maybe there's uh, some good arcade releases coming out. I, I don't. I haven't heard of anything coming out. Like, for I the think arcade. Trine Two is the only one, and I think that even got delayed. But I'm not 100. percent Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. We just got a code for the beta. Like they just sent us a code for the beta. Yeah, like so I think that that got delayed. It was yeah. supposed to come out this month, and now it's not. I think Postal Three is supposed to come out this month. We'll see if that's really? true. So I mean, like it's really it is barren. There's no there's no major retail releases, and there's not even much indie stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, last last December, like the indie community came out with a shit ton of good games. You know, last December. So go of, buy those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's plenty of good stuff that happened this year. You know, in terms of like arcade games, even good games that you're probably that you know you probably backlogged on. Actually, you probably have a backlog. You don't even need to buy anything. Exactly. There's, you're going to be getting stuff for Christmas, but if you need stuff to buy, like seriously, go on Steam. Like there's a ton of sales going on right now. Even stuff that was maybe like you were questioning about before. Like right now, Brink that came out at what sixty? That was six dollar release, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now normally it's twenty, and now it's on sale for five. I can't necessarily argue with that. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm like, there's there's good, there's games out there that now are a reasonable price to go yeah. buy. Actually, I think um, with in terms of Brink, first of all, I think it's a free weekend. But second of all, they actually they the the patches they came out with. I bought it with their second wave of patches that came out, and I enjoyed the game. Um, I just don't have a lot of people to play with. Um, well, you may have someone else. Maybe. Yeah, I do it. Do yeah. it. Like it's worth five dollars. Brink and is worth five dollars. And they're selling the complete pack with its DLC for six twenty five. Like it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's plenty of things to get right now. I was gonna get it, but I just spent all my money on a Tetris pass, unfortunately. <laughs> oh <laughs> did it. No. Oh man. Um, I don't know if Orcs Must Die is still on sale, but that I got for seven fifty because it was fifty percent off. I mean, it was worth it at fifteen dollars in the first place, but I just hadn't had time. But that when I saw that sale, had to get it. You know, totally worth it. So, like seriously, keep your eye out right now because I mean, there's even if there's no games that are coming out this month, um, if there's games that maybe you missed, games that you know in the last like in, in November that came out because there's a bunch that came out then. Um, there's a lot of sales floating around. I think most of the places like Best Buy, Amazon, Newegg, they're all still having carryovers from their Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sales. So there's a lot of good sales that are out there right now. Treat yourself before Christmas, you know. <laughs> or yeah. if you're looking to do something with your DS or your 3DS, rather, uh, if you're listening to this, then Mario Kart did just come out. So, something. Yeah. Mario Kart, Super Mario. Yeah. I've, we haven't played it yet because it's not coming out till tomorrow, but... Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like uh, there's plenty of stuff for you to get. Don't fear, my uh, my friends. Um, so you know, play, play that stuff, and uh, we'll see you in January in terms of game releases, I guess. Because the only thing I see here is actually Rocksmith on PC. Yay! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Hooray>. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's not excited. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of something like really snazzy to say, but uh yeah, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh alright, so um yeah, uh thanks for listening. Uh as always you can catch us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons, uh Facebook.com slash mash those buttons, twitter.com slash MTB site. Um I think we have one key for like <laughs> We have one key for um, Skydrift for PC, 
and we're really trying to figure out how we're going to do it because we used to we used to multiple keys, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we usually end up with like six plus keys and we end up splitting them up giving away a different contest so uh, we're trying to be creative because only one person will walk away with this in the end there can be only one uh, maybe we'll have a Highlander style duel um, in something maybe we'll get everybody together in DCU and just have a big old fight I don't know <laughs> Uh, we will come up with something to try and, and make it fair so that everybody gets a, a fair shot at, you know, getting that code. So. Right. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens with that. Also, I keep forgetting to mention that we are on iTunes. So if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, um, the iTunes link is on the site. Like if you go to mashlessbuttons.com and look for the latest podcast, which is going to be, it's either going to be in the featured or it's going to be on the right-hand side, like you know, probably close to the bottom. You know, you can you can subscribe to iTunes, and while you're there, you can you know give us a rating. I'm not going to tell you to rate us five stars because that'll make us bad as Modern Warfare devs. But you know, hey, give us a rating. Let us know what you think. But you know, if, if it's a one or a two, you know, you can skip that. <laughs> you can skip that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't, 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 don't worry your little fingers about typing out anything or clicking on anything. If it's gonna be less than a three, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's not yeah. like a Call of Duty style Metacritic campaign. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. You know, <laughs> yeah, we'll start getting messages on our iTunes, uh, like on our iTunes like, subscription page. This podcast is such, you know, disappointer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like copypasta. Yeah, this is a copypasta of Destructoid. It's really not, but, you I know. Even, I honestly haven't listened to the podcast before. Uh, you know, I thought this podcast was bad, but it's much worse. <laughs> I'm, we're talking about a video that, um, uh, the uh, we're not going to start the flaming uh, video for Modern Warfare Three. Uh, I'll post. I'll put that in the, into the show notes. You'll see it. Watch it. It's pretty funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, all right, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Wait, hold on, hold, hold on. on. Oh, okay. I received complaints about the fact that we left out a question. Last, yeah, last we did get a complaint. We got a couple of complaints actually, but uh, I I never. got. I got a couple of complaints that said that people were a little disappointed that we left out question. <laughs> I love that. So we need to come up with a question so we don't disappoint or anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't live with ourselves if we did. Yeah, okay. so uh, I, we didn't talk about this beforehand because I honestly, I mean, I, I thought about it before now, but I, I didn't think to mention it to the other guys before now. But yeah, we had people who were a little a little sad that we didn't, you know, put up a question. You know, people were busy, you know, holidays, all that fun stuff. So they, uh, they, they want a question. The people want the question. So what will be the question? What will be the question? Huh. Let's see. I'm looking through the topics list right now. God, we should. I, I want to say. I want to say something online pass related because you know I, that broke my soul so much. Actually, that was. I don't even think that was the one that broke my soul this time, but came close. <laughs> it was the start. I don't know. That's a tough one. I was like, now that's an online pass question. This was that. definitely obviously. This was definitely not discussed before the podcast, people, because I'm kind of like, Meh, nah. <laughs> I don't know, George. This was all in the script. Yeah, we're totally faking it out right now, but we're not. <laughs> See what we just did right there? It's crazy. Yeah, you know what? Like, hey, let us pass this time, and I promise we'll have a question next week. 
I I think that's reasonable, right? Oh, I have a question. Okay. Here's a question. What would you include in the $30 a year subscription to, to the T-Club in order to make it worthwhile? What you What would be worth $30 a year for the T-Club? Tetris. I want to know. <laughs> Tell me what you could possibly make it worthwhile to you. And I don't care how far-fetched and crazy it is because literally, to me, I would need John Ritchell to come over to my house, give me a hug, and like clean my house while I play Tetris. I, I'm so serious that would be worth it to me <laughs> so so tell me tell us tell us what would be worth 30 dollars a year to you for tetris i want to know serious crazy whatever the case may be let us know well i'm pretty sure we're gonna get a lot of crazy here so please fine. make it's, it good make it good I can't imagine anything yeah, nothing wrong with crazy yeah i can't imagine anything reasonable so crazier the better <laughs> we encourage crazy get zany if you want to Oh, look at Nick pulling out the Z word. I know. We're just getting nuts now. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, there we go. That's the question. We'll we'll come up with something that's a little more thought out. But that is actually I want to know. I want to know what everybody else thinks. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll roll with that. Sounds good. All right. Great. So um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. So long, everybody. Later.